All right, so on screen with me is someone I'm really dying to talk to about the whole personal branding area because he's not a sales guy. He's not an artist or a musician. He is a professional athlete who actually works with professional athletes. And there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. So I want to get started right away by introducing everybody to Amobi Okugo. Now, Amobi, can you give us about 30 seconds about your professional background? Because I think it's really interesting, especially for those of us who have not exactly attained elite status when it comes to athletics, if you know what I mean. No, well, yeah, most definitely. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to connect with you again. Uh, Amobi Okugo, I'm a first-generation Nigerian-American. been playing soccer since I went to UCLA back in 2009. Had the fortunate pleasure of going pro after my freshman year. Since then, got originally drafted in Philadelphia, bounced around, signed a new contract with Orlando, uh, Philadelphia, Kansas City, Orlando, and spent the last three years with Austin. Outside of that, you know, I'm very interested in sports business, which is what we're probably going to get into a little bit of Frugal Athlete, which is an online financial media platform that helps athletes make, manage, and multiply their money through financial education and athlete empowerment. That's a, a very concise 30 seconds on that, but there's a lot behind it. And I've had the pleasure of being on your podcast, and I remember talking to you about how you got really turned on to the fact that athletes, especially pro athletes, we're facing real problems post-athletic career. Can you talk about that a little bit? And like, as I recall, there was kind of a, a single thing that you saw on ESPN that got your attention and really drove home the need for professional athletes to start thinking a little bit more frugally, if you will. So sports are the only thing guaranteed to end in divorce. So for athletes, how do you prepare while you have the most leverage from a capital perspective, from a career perspective, from a network perspective, from a brand perspective, to make sure that you can, in my philosophy, live like a prince forever rather than a king for a short period of time. And that philosophy has kind of helped spark me for some of the things that I've done. Knowing sports isn't going to last forever. And instead of allowing sports to use you, use sports as a vehicle for the other passions that you have in life for you to figure out your next game. You know, my dad told me when I was a rookie, like immediately after I got drafted, he said, you're closer to the end of your career than the start of it. And I was looking at him like, I literally just got drafted. What are you talking about? And that's the mindset you kind of have to have as an athlete. Obviously, you got to do what you got to do to perform and, you know, hopefully extend your career as long as possible. But in the back of your mind, you got to, you know, you're one play away, one coaching decision away, one injury away from it being taken away from you. So how are you leveraging your status as a professional athlete, as an elite athlete for a life to come? Yeah, I tell you, when you cited some statistics to me that uh, were mentioned in the ESPN 30 for 30 segment called Broke, it kind of shocked me. I mean, I'm on the ESPN site right now looking at the write-up for that specific 30 for 30 episode. And it says, according to a 2009 Sports Illustrated article, 60% of former NBA players are broke within five years of retirement. By the time they've been retired for two years, 78% of former NFL players have gone bankrupt or are under financial stress. Wow. I, I mean, we all know, and I, I think many of us think that, well, you make it to the league, then you're probably pulling down some significant coin that'll take care of not only you, but your extended family for the rest of your life. And 
that does not appear to be the case. Now, we always hear the success stories. We hear mm -hmm. about the, the empires that people like Magic Johnson build or LeBron James and things like that. But what we don't hear are the stories about, let's call them the journeymen or uh, just regular mid-level players that can have a successful career, can make significant dollars, but they don't really reach that elite superstar status. And they've worked to get to that status. They've worked their entire lives to get there. Many of them foregoing things like a university degree or you know advanced certifications in everything from accounting to finance or anything else like that so all of a sudden they're they're left out there in the open literally to fend for themselves because i don't think the leagues do a very good job with aftercare when it comes to to athletes so if i'm understanding what you offer you are that aftercare or at least a, a consultant that one understands what the athlete is all about in terms of mentality, in terms of their sunk costs, in terms of their career and everything else. But you've also started to create products and services to help them out so that post-career, they can have a successful life that is actually leveraging the brand that they started to create while they were athletes. Oh, yes, sir. So that's exactly what we do with the Frugal Athlete. Obviously, we have a media component where we highlight athletes and key stakeholders that help athletes manage their money in a prudent financially way and highlight those stories. Because like you said, not every athlete is going to be at that elite level, like a Magic Johnson, a LeBron James, a Serena Williams. But athletes of that middle class caliber can leverage for a life well spent. So we try to highlight those stories from the media aspect. Then on the consulting side, we want to show roadmaps and provide products and services that include courses, curriculums, templates that we provide, some financial coaching. We're not financial advisors, but we can coach and help the behavior around their finances and uh, help them learn more about you know financial literacy so they can ask better questions, so they can stay naturally curious, so they can you know get expert help in the areas that they may want to pursue after they're done playing or even while they're while they're currently playing, um, just to help you know, avoid those statistics, as you mentioned earlier, 60% of NBA athletes, 78% of NFL athletes, the list goes on and on across the sports, um, whether you're niche, whether you're, you know, in a, in a major sport, it's, it's tough because you're making a, a money and you have the upkeep of what you're spending at that moment, but you don't know that you got to keep that all throughout once you're done playing. And there's a number of other different factors that are involved, you know, bad financial decisions, spending, upkeep, bad financial advisors, bad investments, emotional blackmail, all these different things that uh, go under the uh, under the rug that, you know, a lot of people don't see on the outside. Yeah, I'm really fascinated by all of this because the whole idea of frugality, you know, uh, well, number one, frugal is a word that I don't think a lot of people really understand because yeah. it's not about being cheap. It's Thank about you. being responsible. It's not about being parsimonious or, you know, just uh, hoarding. It's about making the most of what you have and also living well within your means. Is that the definition that you kind of use when you use the word frugal in your a frugal athlete platform concept? Yes. And like you hit the nail on the head. You should definitely, we, we got to make you a brand ambassador. 
Yeah, because well, that's, there you go. Well, I'm certainly exactly, not going to be a pro athlete. I will tell you that. <laughs> that's exactly what we try to emphasize with frugal. Because a lot of people immediately think of, oh, oh, you're just cheap. And no, a frugal is how are you most efficient with what you have? How are you economical? How are you prudent? And I like what you said. How are you responsible? Because frugal is maximizing the opportunity that you have, whether it's from a capital perspective, whether it's from a career perspective, whether it's from a brand perspective. And as athletes, we hit the trifecta with all those different things in most cases. And sometimes we're cheap, but we need to change the mindset and be frugal with that. And that's that's what we try to promote. That's what we try to emphasize. And that's our mission. So that ESPN 30 for 30 episode, that was the, the kind of aha, light bulb goes off in your head. Walk me through the process from that point where you said, wow, this is a big opportunity. It's a big challenge. But on the opposite side of that challenge coin is opportunity for you specifically. And, you know, we've all heard about there's riches in the niches, you know, Pat Flynn's favorite thing to say. <laughs> and so you've niched down significantly. Uh -huh. Do you yeah. deal with like college sports or is it only pro level elite level sports that you're most interested in for your business and your activity? So yeah, if we were to do like a business analysis or a SWOT analysis, our target demographic would be high school, college, and middle-class athletes. So middle-class athletes are athletes with and in the niche sports that aren't in the you know top leagues or athletes that are making a certain criteria or a certain compensation. Obviously, when it comes to the bigger athletes, we hopefully are trying to get them at the younger level, like before they hit their second contract. Because once they hit their second contract, um, there's levels to it. They're going to have to deal with, you know, financial advisors, wealth managers, tax attorneys. Not to say that all these other athletes don't need those, but it's just a different pay scale, a different level. And what we are preaching, it might go, it might be a waste of their time. So our target demographic is high school, college young professional athletes, middle-class professional athletes. How are they able to maximize the capital that they're making, leverage the network that they have, and make proper career decisions that can help leverage their careers long after they're done playing? That's interesting because people might think initially that that's a pretty tight niche or niche. But in the reality, the more I think about it, I'm going, oh, wow. You could have programs that are geared towards highly performing high school-aged athletes to prepare them before the money starts coming in to at least create the mindset. And again, it might be a program that colleges could actually support for their incoming athletes to give them the, a certain foundation of financial literacy to prepare them for what could come after. Because one of the things American education is terrible about is educating kids of any age, of any interest, on how to take care of themselves financially. So even though you're focusing specifically on athletes, you've got that high school level, then you've got the college verging on elite level, which again, they need, they need to do things like, how can you assess the value of the scholarships you might be offered? How do you, you know, mm -hmm. you might go to the prettiest campus and go, oh, that's where I want to go, when that may not be oh. in your best interest financially, depending on things. So there could be some consulting there. And then you've got the pro level, too. So all of a sudden, right there, I'm going, wow, your business model could have three distinct tiers with programs that are absolutely laser focused for each that now gives you not this narrow niche, but this deep vertical 
sector that you can mine for your business and your personal brand. Because again, here on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast, we like to talk about things from the small business and personal brand perspective. And my perspective is they're the same damn thing. Because let's face it, Omobi, until you have 50 to 500 employees, your business, its brand is you. And consequently, your DNA is going to infect every aspect of your business. So I find it really, really interesting that you're kind of taking your personal experience and leveraging it into something that can be absolutely sustainable, scalable, and open-ended for you in terms of your business. Do you see any kind of obstacles for the growth and expansion of your business? Just bandwidth. You hit the nail on the head. If you're not a big company with 50 uh, 500 employees, your personal brand has to be attached to it early on. I was trying to keep it separate. I didn't want to get convoluted and everything like that. But then I realized that if I'm behind it, I got to put my face behind it. I got to put my name behind it. And I got to share my personal stories to help amplify it. So I'm all in on being synonymous with a frugal athlete. So when you're thinking of a frugal athlete, especially in the personal financial influencer type of space, like the points guy or penny hoarder, or, you know, all these other Dow Jones, they put their name behind it first. And then now they've built it out where it's now a full on media company or consulting companies or, you know, financial platform. And early on, I struggled with that, but now I'm all in on it. And then my biggest trouble right now is just, you know, bandwidth. You got to make the podcast. You got to make the content. You got to console. You got to do all these different things. So if I don't have my systems and processes in order, um, I could get overwhelmed. But luckily, we do have a small team and made a big emphasis of making sure the foundation is solid so that when we do grow, we're able to handle the work that comes with that. Yeah, you're facing a challenge that a lot of people face when they're thinking about building a brand, whether it's in their mind strictly a personal brand or a small business brand, because it's really important to be honest with yourself. Is this something I want to keep and eventually pass on to someone in my family, perhaps? Or is this something that I'd like to have an exit, an earlier exit involved with it? Like if you built a successful company in 10 years and someone came along and said, hey, we want to buy you out, would you be happy for them to walk away with whatever you've created? A lot of people, the answer to that question is yes, absolutely. But others (laughs) are like, no, when I'm done, I'm going to turn that open sign around and say we're closed and it's done. And they're very honest with themselves because they know exactly who they are. Have you done that kind of mental exercise yourself where you've said, my ultimate end goal is to A, one thing, B, another thing? Yes, uh, I'm, I'm big, really big on like vision boards and manifestation and, you know, kind of seeing, you know, setting stretch goals, big hairy goals, all the, all that, all the stuff that you hear in like the, the proper business books. So I've mapped it out. Obviously, you got to roll with the punches and there's going to be things that take you off your course. But I do have my North Star and that's kind of how I'm going about attacking every day. When you say you have your North Star, what do you mean? What in your mind is that kind of focusing object in your life? Specifically with Fruit Wathy or just in general? Uh, Well, both. Are they the same? Are they different? Yeah, so for me personally, frugal athlete is a springboard to some of the other things I don't want to do in the sports business, you know, uh, fintech, edtech space. 
personally, I definitely want to be a key player from a work standpoint in those spaces and sectors that I, I want to be involved in. Um, I'm really passionate about business development, strategic partnerships, ideation. So what does that look like for me personally? You know, love to be a partner at a top firm or running my own firm. A Frugal Athlete, whether we sell it, my goal is to sell it to a, a partner and collaborate with a financial services platform or a financial media platform, whether it's the boardroom or uh, Needing Dough, which is a subsidiary of Uninterrupted, or even like a UBS, one of these players that are into the financial space as it pertains to athletes and money management. And then from a lifestyle perspective, definitely want to be close to my family. I'm really big about family. I'm the oldest of four siblings. Parents are healthy. Want to stay close to them. Want to be able to travel and want to be able to leverage my time. Those are my North Star. Obviously, there's more that I'm going to be private about, but that's my North Star when it comes to understanding what I want, my passion, my purpose, and you know, why, why I do what I do. Oh man. I'm so glad to hear you say that you've, you've done that work. Cause that's what it is. It's a little bit of work to say, not just, Oh, I want to open a business or I want to build a personal brand, but I heard you literally answer one of my questions that I like to ask everybody. What is your yardstick? What is the most important stuff to you? And I'm not talking about, I want to make six figures or whatever, anything mm -hmm. like that. It's like, what really matters to you? You mentioned family family being mm -hmm. a big thing and being important to you. Well, that becomes a key part of who you are, not only as a person, but a key part of your brand as well, which means that it's probably going to become part of the culture of a frugal athlete as it grows and grows bigger. So I'm hoping, well, or let me ask you this question. If you were to hire someone, would you be interested in hiring someone who shares the values that you share or are you looking for someone that has a skill set that's so disparate from what you have that they can come in and they can do their thing without necessarily sharing the same values structure that you've developed for yourself? Oh, that's a great question. I think when it comes to like internal affairs, definitely have to share the same values. And it just makes the job much easier. When it comes to life, you know, a mentor told me people care about three things: revenue, results, and relationships. And I want to be able to have good relationships with the people I work with internally because it will drive, you know, revenue and re result. But if I'm outsourcing something like I need the podcast edited or I need someone to handle, let me say, like cold emails or something, that's something where I'm not forward facing with them. I could outsource. Um, obviously, you don't want to work with bad people. But when it comes to the values that they have, I'm not too worried about that as long as they can get the job done. But internal employees, internal friends, internal clients, they got to share the same values. We got to be able to get along. We got to be able to talk about stuff outside of work. You never want to just be zoned in on work. Obviously, when we need to get the job done, we get the job done. But I want to be able to have a relationship. How's your family? How's your kids? Where are you guys planning on your bucket list? You know, let's let's go golfing, you know, different things like that, where it's not everyday work, work, work. Being a professional soccer player, I've had coaches that they can literally only talk about soccer. They don't have any idea of the world outside. And it's like, we do this every day. Let's, you know, so that's my standpoint on that. But if it's someone, all right, we need this podcast edited real quick. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about that. Well, that's interesting. I really like the the honesty of, of what you said there, because a lot of people will, I don't know, try to frost their cake with the, no, we are all, we share everything. And 
I only <laughs> use best of breeds that are just like us and stuff like that. And and the reality is, no, if, if there's an accountant that you're, you're working with that's providing offsite services, you want them to have a very strong culture and, and you know, values yeah. and stuff like that. But do they have to be a carbon copy of you? No. But it's nice that you have very clearly created um, lines or sections where it's like, it doesn't matter there, but it does matter here. Because mm -hmm. if you're going to be part of the uh, frugal athlete family, you better value the same things yeah. we value. And that's exactly. really, really important. And then all of a sudden, that becomes kind of the stuff that you ask questions about if you are interviewing people to perchance become part of your team. It, exactly. All of a sudden, those questions are the ones you ask, not the standard HR questions that, frankly, don't reveal much of anything. No, you're exactly right. I found like those questions, you're actually able to get more of an answer around whether they can do the work or not, rather than, okay, are you proficient in Excel? Are you doing like no? What? How do you spend your free time? Like, how do you? What's your value on family? You know, why do you even want a job from this standpoint of compensation? Is it because you want to be able to party and do the stuff or you know, you want to be able to send your kids to the best school. Like the way you answer those questions are the way I'm able to make a decision or other people, for example. And then, like you said, you know, when it comes to how you associate yourself, this is obviously you're an expert in branding, you know, that can affect your brand. And I don't want to be like, how can I say it? Insympathetic, but you are who you hang around. And if you're hanging around not so good people, you might not have a good brand. Amen to that. And we could talk about that a long time. We're coming to the end of this first week's episode, but don't worry. Amobi's going to be back with me next week to dive into more things, including his OK You Go Foundation, which I want to talk about, which is very, very interesting, especially from, a, from my perspective as someone who wants to ask questions about the personal brand ideas and foundation behind it. But we'll be talking about that again next week. However... I would love for listeners to have a chance to know where they could get in touch with you or find out more about what you're doing with a frugal athlete. Where can they engage with you on social media? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Uh, for me, Amobi Akugo, at Amobi Says on all social channels, at uh, www.afrugalathlete.com. If you want to check out... Um, our website, we do have a free stock investing course, um, as you can see, uh, at frugalathlete.marbleteams.com dash path dash one. Uh, we're all about uh, helping people, and I'm always willing to connect, collaborate, so please reach out. Well, there you go. Again, it's really interesting for someone like me to have a professional athlete on the Nonfiction Brad podcast, because I'll be honest with you. I'm not heavily into pro sports, but I am into smart athletes. And Moby certainly is that. So we're going to be talking more next week. The other thing I'd love for you to do, could you subscribe to this podcast? Can you like it, subscribe, refer it to others, and most of all, review it wherever you get this fine podcast for free? Because that really does help other people find it. And I will be forever grateful to you for that. Well, that's about it for this week on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. Once again, I am your host, D.P. Knuton, and he is... Amobi Okugo, a.k.a. a Athlete. And we'll be talking at you again next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>